0: She had nowhere else to go. Her career was in ruins, and the media hounded her every step, screaming for juicy details of her affair with a drug lord. For two years she'd been a meteor on the rise in the only city that mattered, and now she was a star in a tragedy, a farce, except that a cop had died in the raid. She wasn't a criminal, but she was criminally stupid, no question. How could she not have seen? How could she have blithely accepted Andre's assurances that it was his love for her that made him want to showcase her talents in the gem of a restaurant into which she'd put her heart and soul? Instead, Mireille had been simply a front for illegal activities that had gone on under her nose, and she'd never once in the whole two years suspected, never wanted to look. She'd simply been grateful for the focus, the distraction from her grief." His offer had come right after she'd lost her only family, and she'd boxed up her mother's effects without a look. Instead of immediately leaving for parts unknown, as her mother had always done when things got crazy, she'd tried something radical. She'd planned to stay in one place. She'd been too devastated to think straight, had been ripe pickings for Andre's machinations. She'd been grateful, so grateful for the rescue— She'd lost her only compass in a life spent on the move, and she'd welcomed the chaos and endless work that allowed her not to think, the solace of someone who cared. Except Andre hadn't really cared, had he? She'd been a dupe, and she'd walked into his trap with gratitude, playing her part to perfection. The velvet-lined trap had sprung just when her future seemed brightest, when she was at last emerging from grief and loneliness only to wind up in handcuffs, with her picture on the front page of the newspaper and featured on the evening newscast. Andre had escaped scot-free, no doubt on some tropical island drinking Mai Tais with a new idiot, while she stood holding the bag because he'd put her name on the more damaging documents. And she'd thought him so sweet to both bankroll the venture and give her Mirel. She'd been trapped in New York for twelve days while the district attorney had bled her brain dry. Then she'd been freed under the stipulation that she'd testify against Andre and his cohorts, should they ever be found. On one of many sleepless nights, wandering the apartment filled with hated memories of Andre, in desperation she'd dragged out a box of her mother's things. There, in her mother's girlhood diary, a stunned Scarlet had discovered family, in texas of all places one of the few states she and her mother had not lived a grandmother still alive from what little scarlet could determine a treasure she'd longed for all her life why georgia ross had never spoken one word of sweetgrass springs or family was reason for caution certainly but scarlet had decided that once she had her life back together she would seek the answers she craved to the riddle of her mother's past Then came a late night visit from two very scary men. She woke up with a knife to her throat and cold, flat shark's eyes staring into hers. If her drunken neighbors hadn't chosen that moment to erupt into another screaming battle, and the lady across the hall hadn't yelled out that she was calling the cops. Scarlet shivered at the memory of the harsh whisper warning her that they would be back, that testifying would mean her life. She'd tried to tell him that she knew nothing useful, but he'd only pressed the knife a little harder and said in that odd accent that she was a loose end Kostoff wouldn't tolerate. Then they'd vanished as quickly as they'd come. In a panic, she'd thrown clothes into a suitcase, grabbed the box of mementos, and was gone within a few hours. Texas had been the only place she could think of to go. To pay a visit to the grandmother she'd never known existed and to buy herself a few days to think what to do next. She had nowhere else to go. No options. Okay, she still had her skills, and there might be some corner of the world where no one read the headlines. Truth to tell, New York only thought of itself as the center of the universe. There were other foodie towns like Santa Fe or San Francisco, other places where her skills could take her where the confidence she'd once had in spades could land her a new position. If only she weren't so tired, so scared. What if her grandmother wanted nothing to do with her? Why had her mother kept her family a secret? A million things could be wrong, so many ways this could go bad. She was alone as never before in her life. Until two years ago, there had always been her mother. They had moved often, yes. But they were a team. They were solid. As long as they'd had each other, they needed little more. How Scarlet missed her. In George's place remained only a mystery. Who was her mother? Why did she leave here and never say one word to Scarlet about this place, when they had always been so close? Why did Scarlet have to find out about it when she could ask no questions? Was there some reason she should stay away too? Her mother had been footloose, but not foolish. It was only a meal, a chance to reconnoiter. She didn't have to say anything to a soul. The road ran alongside a ribbon of water, and a little further she could see it wind through the town next to a three-story courthouse that formed one corner of the town square, most of the buildings dark and closed, only a handful of them taller than one story. It was surely the tiniest town she'd ever seen. She rounded the corner and one building spilled out light in welcome. Ruby's Cafe, owned by one Ruby Gallagher. The grandmother Scarlet had never known existed. Scarlet sucked in a deep breath for courage. She'd been the new kid countless times, but her mother had always had her back. Nonsense. I'll be okay. I'm a grown woman. It won't matter if she can't love me.